Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey, everybody. David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, recorded live at ETI Tooltech 2021 in Austin, Texas, We speak to Chuck Searles, the president of the Automotive Management Institute. As an organization that provides and promotes qualified business education centered around the success of the automotive service professional, AMI stands at the forefront of this ever-changing industry. So, in their view, what does the future hold? Chuck gives his perspective on what the advancement of technology means for the average shop owner, manager, service advisor, and technician. Take a look around your shop. Is it pivoting to keep up with everything that's on the horizon? Or is your shop the next blockbuster? Before we begin our conversation with Chuck, please take a moment to hit that like button if you're on YouTube. It's quick and helps us out a ton. If you like our content, consider subscribing to the channel. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, make sure that you're set to automatically download the latest episode so you never miss an upload. Now, here we go. So, uh, Chuck, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm uh, Chuck Searles, president of the Automotive Management Institute, or AMI. We're a nonprofit based here in the state of Texas, actually. Really? Uh, yep, yep. It's one of the biggest nonprofits you've never heard of. Uh, uh, I tell you, I didn't know you were in Texas. I had heard of you, though. Tell us about it. What is it? So, AMI uh, serves the automotive industry, again, as a nonprofit. So, you know, we're not about all the cash, which is kind of cool. Um, we provide industry designations for uh, managers, estimators, and so on. Um, our past president, Jeff Peavy, uh, who, funny enough, is right next door, right. Um, ICAR guy, he, uh, he focused really heavily on collision. And it's been my mission to sort of bring AMI into the, um, into the service or, quote-unquote, mechanical sector, as the collision right. folks call it. 
but uh, we provide, again, those designations, but we also track credit for a ton of, of training providers. So, you know, like right. uh, Jeremy O'Neill, yeah. uh, Mike Anderson, and those guys, when they do instructor-led training, um, they, they shoot back the, uh, the, the rosters, and we actually upload the, uh, the information for AMI accredited courses. So we track that. Right. And um, those go towards elective credits, towards one of the designations, like, you know, AAM, uh, if, right. if, if folks are into that. Right. Um, I think probably one of the biggest moves we've we've had of late is hosting um, some really good collision training. Uh, we host uh, Fiat Chrysler's um, collision program online, and uh, there's actually some really good technical training on there too. Really? Uh, yeah. Normally we focus on on soft skill stuff, you know. So the right the, how do how do you how do you cost the job? How do you manage your employees? How do you hire and fire? That sort of thing. Right. But the uh, the FCA stuff actually is pretty technical. Uh, That's so, awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that. Ados, Tech. You know, all oh, that. dude, yeah, that that's pretty slick. So, uh, you and I met a while back. We did, yeah. We were in a, I think we were in a live video, or we were doing a, a meeting of some type. And I go, I think. yeah, it was, it was, and and you know, you had some really interesting perspective on the technician role. Tell us where you got this perspective from. Tell us a little bit about your history. Yeah, a little, little bit about that perspective. So, I uh, actually started my career over thirty years ago as a technician, right? Um, I went to Universal Technical Institute in Phoenix, and, and that was kind of my first exposure, really, and came out of tech school, and I wanted to be a heavy-duty tech, and thank God that didn't work out. <laughs> but uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, heavy-duty guys. I'm kidding. Um, but I went to work, actually, at a Nissan dealer and right. uh, started as a line tech and kind of worked my way through and eventually ended up getting hired with Nissan North America and then worked my way up uh, as a tech line specialist, technical training instructor, um, worked a little bit in sales training. And then came back to the light side and uh, managed both training centers and um, also the curriculum division. And then about, I guess, in August last year, came right. to AMI. So um, as a flat rate technician, I, uh, I, I felt the pain. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. The struggles. I mean, back in the day, it, flat, flat rate was actually fairly productive. Right. Um, the, the labor times weren't near as skinny as they are now. Right. And, and I made a good living. I made a good living. Um, but, you know, it's one of those feast or famine things, too, where yeah, right. you're, you're, sometimes you're sitting down polishing your tools and, and right. nothing's rolling in the door and you're kind of going, okay, I okay, wonder how we're going to pay the mortgage. <laughs> right, right. I, I hope I have money to eat today. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I think that's a really valid point and it's something we're hearing a lot, right, especially yeah. from a lot of techs. And, and you know what – I think there needs to be a designation. We, we've got to point out the fact that a lot of independent shops don't truly understand when we say flat rate, what flat rate is. A lot of independent guys say, well, I would always pay my guys 40 hours. Maybe they get a bonus on the hours they turn. Um, when we talk flat rate, we mean you got paid for what you did and that's it. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, yeah. your paycheck's... That's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. If the only thing that rolls in, in that day is an oil change on a car that's got 5,000 miles, well, guess what? You just got paid three-tenths for your day and sat around for seven. Man, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. Well, you know, so we've talked a little bit about where we're going, right, and and the fact that we've got we've to make some changes. There's no techs in the industry right now. There, there are. I shouldn't say that. There are definitely techs, but but we've got some major hurdles to cross here really soon. Um what what's your perspective of this? I mean, you know, is it a tech shortage? Do we really have a tech shortage? Uh, I, I think that that question has been discussed and answered uh, many many times, and the answer is yes. And the, and the funny thing is, 
They all sing the same refrain. I mean, I heard this when I came into the industry 30 years ago. Right. There's a technician shortage. You can, you can roll that toolbox wherever you want and you will get a job. doesn't matter if it's Albania or Alaska, you'll be able to get a job. Right. And, um, trades are just not. Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your parts tech account, go to my shop and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Something that schools focus on. I think I think there's a movement now. Thank God. And, 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 and schools are starting to come around. Maybe guidance counselors are coming around. Right. There's certainly an industry push like uh, with micro, micro works and so yeah, on. Of course. Um, and that, that grassroots movement is coming, but it's been a long time coming. Right. And, and we're not building cars that are any easier to fix. Yeah. And the talent pool is not that big. So right. when you take a look, it's, it's, it's a, it's a frightening position we're in, I think exactly. as an industry. Exactly. And, and, you know, it seems like, um, I guess the best way to say it's, we got caught with our pants down, right? Indeed. Because the technology's skyrocketing at a level that we can't keep up with. Even if we are training, even if we are working really hard to keep up with it, even if we are tooling the shop up and yet we weren't preparing the next generation. Right. And even though we were trying we really didn't have the bodies in the schools to do it, right? And, and, you know, it's so cool because I think you've met Eric, the local high school teacher uh, in my area. He was in that meeting that oh, night. Okay. And, you know, Eric comes in and he builds more than just, I'm going to teach you about cars, right? I'm going to teach you about auto repair. He comes in and says, hey, look, this is a really exciting program. We're going to do a lot of cool, fun things. We're going to go to see shops. We're going to we're gonna shadow. We're going to, right? It's not just going to be working on cars. It's not just going to be sitting in a classroom. And all of a sudden, it goes from five or six students want to be in that class to they've got a waiting list, right? And now everybody's excited about it. And he's over here teaching the perspective, right? It's more than just, it's a thought process, Let's call it that. It's a thought process. It's about that divergent or open mind thinking that he teaches there that creates this continued engagement in the classroom. And I just wonder, you know, now we're starting to see that that the guidance counselor in that school is saying, hey, this might be a great opportunity for you. 
Yeah. And it's not the one who's underperforming in all their other classes. It's the guys that are doing really well in classes and the gals that are doing really well in classes that they're putting in here. And I think that's pretty important to think about because for years, and I I hate to say this, but for years it seems like they have put um, or encouraged those who are struggling in other areas into the technical classes. Uh, Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to hop on my soapbox for just just a minute, and then I'll get off. I promise I won't rant too long. But you know, it, it's been it's been a, a trend in this country, or was, and I think it's coming around now again. I'll say that. But high school rankings, right, are are, are tied directly to how much federal funding a school gets, right? And and part of that equation for high school ranking is college acceptance rate. Okay. So, so if you're an administrator in a school and you're already struggling, you know, you don't have a lot of state funds, you need those, that federal cash. What do you do? You go to your guidance counselors and you push them, Hey, we need need to get guys in college. We need to get butts in seats. Right. So we can get that cash to keep the school running and keep it productive. Trades don't really weigh into that equation or didn't, didn't. Again, I think things are coming around now. Um, but, but we've got that, you know, probably that 10 year gap that, that we'll have to fight with. Um, so for a long time, uh, STEM, STEM was pushed, you know, push, right. push STEM, push, push these kids to get into college. Even when a guidance counselor knew, eh, this kid's probably not going to make it. Right. Um, and, and, and sometimes those rankings actually even increased when they pushed kids towards Ivy League schools where they'd incur even more debt. Wow. As opposed to going to a trade school, maybe you're in school for 18 months. Right. You know, you, you come out with either a certificate or associates and you're, you're primed, right? You're right. primed. And then in you go and you're, you're making cash out of the gate. You don't have a ton of debt. It's a great, great field to get into. Um, okay. So now I'm going to step off that soapbox. Uh, I, again, things are coming around. They're coming around. Um, schools are starting to embrace the, the shop programs again. And I think a lot of what you see uh, in schools that are successful with these programs is they have uh, uh, an instructor, a teacher, whatever you want to call them, that has a good personality and is prepping these kids with some soft skills and getting them ready for the next step too. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's learning how a car works. Sure it is. But also there's that, that personality aspect and they become likable. They, they become a coach, a mentor, and, and then sort of steer them in. I mean, I, I remember my teacher uh, in, in auto and we had a great relationship. And if he was still alive, we'd talk. We'd talk now. So, right. um that's really, really important because kids are impressionable. You know, they're impressionable. They take direction well. And uh, if, if you find a kid that has good mechanical aptitude, a good brain on their shoulders, they can make it. They can be successful in this. Right. So they absolutely can. And, and you know, there's a lot of shops. So we, we talk about this a lot. There's a lot of really good shops out there. Are there bad shops? Yes, there are. But there's a lot of really good shops. Are there good techs? Yes, there are lots of really good techs. And there's lots of really good potential techs coming into the field. Um, are there bad takes? Yes, there are. If we can connect those good shops and those good takes together, right? There, there's shops you can go work at right now. I mean, you look at Seth, you look at Dutch, you look at, you know, tons of people. They pay really well. I mean, I know takes that are making hundred ten, hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year. Who right? You know, seeing seeing pay stubs for that. Not not just we say we're going to pay hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year. Now I've seen pay stubs. So, you know, I guess kind of my thought process is, is, hey, we got to connect the good shops and the good techs together because they're out there. And then secondly, we've got to put a focus on how do we encourage that high level, right? Because it seems like flat rate for years. And I don't mean just flat rate. There's a lot of thought processes in regards to that. But it's not just flat rate. It's just that we've not encouraged quality. 
We've not encouraged learning. We've encouraged go as fast as you can if you want a paycheck. How do we overcome that? Yeah, we've, we've discussed this too, I think in brief, and, and, and flat rate is absolutely a crutch for bad management. It Amen. is. It is. Because you don't have to manage a technician on flat rate. Flat rate, they manage themselves. Right. Right? If, if I want to eat, I got to work. If I got to work, I'm going to, I'm going to do my hardest to, to yeah. scour this car and, and find something, you know, when it rolls in the door, hey, it's, it's an oil change. Right. Now, now maybe it needs a set of brakes or whatever it happens to be. And speed is encouraged. Speed is right. encouraged. You get that job out the door, move on to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. Right. And, and that, that actually kind of evolves back on the management piece too. We said there's good techs and there's bad techs, good shops, bad shops. They're good bosses and bad bosses too, right? Right. When you look, when you look at any industry, um, the number one reason that employees leave is because they're immediate supervisor or boss. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, I got lucky. I got lucky. I had some right. good bosses along the way that, that mentored me and, and pushed me into training. And that, right. that really kind of built my loyalty to them too. I knew that they were loyal to me. If, 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 if I had a bad day on the line and didn't make any cash, I said, I'll make it up to you tomorrow. Thanks for taking care of that. Right. And, and, and then they, they sort of just give you that push you needed, that little mental up, and then right. you're ready for the next day. Exactly. And again, that training helps too. A true leader. Yeah. Yeah. A, a leader, leader, a leader as opposed to a, a, a manager or a boss. Right. You bet. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and you know, I, I think in so many ways, you know, one of the conversations, and, and David probably remembers more of it than I do, um, but he, he was more engaged in the conversation, but we're talking a lot about um, how do we, I think the right word or the right way to say it is how do we reward training? How do we reward that tech that goes the extra mile? Is it just pay or do we get to a situation that we, I don't want to say force, but we really push training in a different way. You know, we, we've had conversations, and it was it Chris Chesney that we talked about a different way of, of selling parts, or maybe it was Jim Kokonis where we talked about the fact that, um, you know, if, if that tech is better trained, it reduces their expense from a vendor standpoint. Um, you know, do the vendors enforce some type of training regiment? Do the insurance companies enforce some type of training regiment? How do we get to, to the point where we're improving our, our industry as a whole? That's, that's actually, a, I mean, a, a deep topic that could be a, uh, and have a ton of different answers. Right. Um, there's been a lot of talk on um, part return, right? So, so you've got a, a, a technician that's untrained and they keep replacing a starter, say, and right. the, the, the supplier gets the part back. It's not bad. It could be a chargeback. But if right. that technician's trained, then perhaps they give them a little bit of leeway uh, on that. So right. there, there's been that avenue of discussion. Um, it, funny enough, I, I always, as a technician, I always viewed training as a reward in and of itself, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, you're, you're going to spend money on me. I got to travel. Uh, I was a tech in Alaska. So, you know, there, right. there were no training centers in the state. You had to fly either to California or um, Washington State, Oregon, something like that. So it was always a pretty big deal. Um, but, you know, I don't. I don't necessarily know that a technician needs to be rewarded with pay for the training level certification. Right. I would say certainly, you know, so if, if you're a right. master technician, you definitely should be making more than a, than a, than a guy who's not. Right. Um, but there are a lot of different answers and I, maybe, maybe that comes up uh, to the shop owner perhaps on, on a, right. on a plan. And that's probably the most important thing really is having a plan for, for your, your yeah. 
your reports, be it right. a technician, an advisor, whatever. It's like, okay, I'm going to lay out this, this training regimen for you so that you're ready for your next step, whatever that happens to right. be. I mean, there, there are guys and gals that, that want to be technicians and writers for the rest of their careers. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are also those that don't, you know, and, and, and you can tell, you can tell it's like that, that one's got the spark right there. That one's got right. the spark. So let me, let me lay out a path for you and, and, and get the steps to where you can go on and maybe manage right. a shop or own your own shop. Right. And exactly. training helps. That does Absolutely. help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the, the things that I'm, I'm over here looking at the comments um, for the, the YouTube feed and, and uh, you know, typically we don't do these lives, so we don't see the comments. And somebody says one of the biggest problems, um, the owner or manager can't work on the car themselves, so they're completely clueless, mm. you know, and, and that's something different. That That's a, uh, especially in, in many of the, uh, I would say probably more of like the, the minor key shops, things like that, or dealerships. You see that a lot more. Sure. Most of the independents are technicians turned owners. Right. And we end up into this cycle. How did you explain the cycle? What cycle? <laughs> the, man, look at this guy. He's still asleep. we gotta, we got to forgive him. Oh, the good technician uh, gets a bad manager. They get upset and said, screw this. I'm going to go open my own shop. They open their own shop. They don't make any money. So they hire a coaching company that comes in and says, you know, put them all on flat rate. Nobody gets paid unless you pump out the work. And so they start doing that. They start making money. But then they end up upsetting their guys. And then that technician, their best technician goes, screw this. I'm leaving. I'm going to open my own shop. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That is a cycle, and and it's funny too because as as a as a manager, you have to, or even a shop owner, you have to be really careful. I think in the way that you utilize your highly trained technicians, because yeah. tra training can also be a penalty. And you know, I, I I can't tell you how many master technicians I've talked to who are like, yeah, when, when I was you know when I was green, I was fresh, I was I was doing nothing but you know timing chains and belts and brake jobs. It was all the easy stuff, and right. then I trained up, you know, got I. Made master technician, got a ton of training under my belt, and now all I get is drivability and electrical. Right. Man, this sucks, especially if you're flat rate. You know that, yeah. that that stuff just doesn't pay great. So you almost starve out your masters. So that's that's where shop owners, managers have to be a little creative in how that pay structure works or that reward right. tier structure. Absolutely, and and you know one of the things that that I've always kind of believed in and, and seen, and we've talked about it more and more recently, is there's got to be a career path. Like it can't just get to, I'm a master tech and I end, right? I have to have somewhere to go from here because if we want to continue to bring talent in, you know, you can go work for Goodyear and you can start, you know, as Jeff Compton talking about the factories and how you can start as, as, you know, a maintenance tech and you could move all the way up to higher levels of the corporation, you know? And I think you kind of, uh, you're an example of just because you're a technician doesn't mean there's somewhere to go. I mean, you've got to go up. But many shops don't offer that, right? And, and so for me, one of the things I'm thinking about, one of the things that I would like to offer in my shop is take my guys who are older and set them up as mentors with apprentices. Set them up as mentors with the next generation and let the, let the mentor do the work, right? And they say, hey, I wouldn't do that because... Or here's how to do this and work with them on a daily basis to bring them up to that proficiency level so we can take that from a five-year process to a two-year process, right? The problem is, is that you end up with more and more techs in the shop and you end up to a point that we have to think about where do we go from here? Is it training? Is it, you know, what are those opportunities like? But I think we've got to reimagine the career path for our industry as a whole. That's, uh, that's, that's 
absolutely true. And that's that, that training plan and, and, and career progression and path we were just talking about. Um, I think that you both would probably agree that you probably haven't met too many successful master techs that are dumb. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so your, your, your brain continues to work well long after your body quits. Right. Uh, and, and, and you're past that peak of, of making all the cash. So there needs to be a creative place for these folks to go. And, and really when you, when you look even at corporations, uh, mm-hmm. big, big corporations, uh, on the OE side, they're hungry for, for master level technicians with good minds because there just aren't a ton of them out there. You know, there just aren't a ton. Uh, they, they, they go off, they jump to other fields maybe where, where they, they can right. continue to utilize their, uh, their, their mental skills versus their physical skills. And it may not be in the automotive sector anymore, but, but having that plan, Lucas, that, that, that progression piece is so, so important. There's a, I forget the name of the, the leadership series, but it's, it's having an inspired vision of the future is, is one of the, right. one of the keys to retaining and keeping your people productive. Right. And, and, and that's where, again, you look and you find that spark, that one, that, that person who's got right. that, that, that drive where, you know, this, this, this one's going to go somewhere. Right. And that's when you sit down and talk to them. Hey, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10, 15, 20, whatever. And, and then you sort of lay that plan out. Now, one of the elements that, that a, a boss, a manager, a leader has to have is you have to understand what that progression path looks like. Yeah. Because you may be living it, right? It's like, right. Eh, this guy can't do my job, but, but, because right. uh, I own this shop. Right. But that's where you set them up maybe to go off and, and be successful in their own shop. Because if you're growing your own technicians, if you're bringing them in, doing, doing that mentoring thing, then eventually you're going to reach that saturation point where you got no more rooms. I've got no more bays for these guys. Okay. But this one, this one's ready. He's, he's ready to go. Right. Well, you know, and that's what's so cool for me about the AMI program. So the first time I ever saw anything about AMI was after attending Vision. Right. And then it just popped up and said that I had got this, that or the other. I couldn't remember what, you know. And so I went and looked and and it's really neat because it's not just, hey, I went to a training class. Right. You're working towards this accreditation or that accreditation or whatever it may be that gives us more of a path. Is that something that we should be thinking about, not just in management, but in in technical and, you know, Malin Newton. Uh, David, you may have been there when Malin said it. He said, you know, I'll, I'll send them, I'll send my guys. If they're a technician, if they're on the front counter and they want to learn something else, they want to go to a language class. They want, it doesn't have to necessarily be about their job in the shop. We're about developing people, right? And, and, and I think that, that sometimes we lose sight of the fact that these are human beings and we have a responsibility to them. I want to develop. I know they want to develop. It can't just be about dollar bills right it becomes about a transaction and and i wouldn't want to work somewhere that became about a transaction you know that's just not who i am yeah more and more uh the human side of this is 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 coming to light maybe it's the aspect of social media i mean the things we're doing now are you know anybody literally anywhere in the world could sit and listen to this and 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 the words out right there there are groups of technicians uh that, that that speak on a regular basis there are businesses that play to that i mean perfect example of, of shop transparency is what Jay's doing at Finder Wrench, right? right. Wrenchway. I mean, it, it, it's, it's transparency yeah. in both directions. Right. And, and, uh, the, the, the good shops will, will put themselves out there and say, Hey, here's what we have to offer. And, and hopefully they'll attract the good techs. Um, but the forums out there, uh, they, 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 they know, uh, right. they, they, they know where yeah. to go, who, who the good folks are. Right. But, um, not not to do a sales plug, but yeah, a- AMI, um, with, with, with the professional designations and accreditations, 
it, it, it at least offers something to a person if they want to, if they want to, something that's portable, they can get their, their accredited automotive manager piece, right. their, their diploma and, and pin and whatever, and, and, and walk into another place and say, Hey, I've taken the training. I, I kind of, I, I know where I'm headed. I, I, right. I know who I am. I've got the training to back it. And, uh, we're, we're actually expanding a little bit into the, uh, into the, the service slash mechanical arena. Right. Uh, with shop foreman designation and really? service advisor designations, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, well, because I mean, a lot of shop owners, you know, and and we see this in ASOG all the time. A lot of shop owners, they don't have the perspective. They they just look. We go to work, and we do what's got to be done, and then we go home. And and by the end of the day, we're out. We don't want to think about anything else. So this kind of takes some of that that um, learning to learn off the table. Right, it gives you a perspective of what needs to be accomplished to get to a level of competency, right? And I think that's really important because, you know, it took me four or five years just to learn what I wanted to train my technicians on, right? What is their training plan? What does it look like? Because you can go to, you know, you can go to ASTE, you can go to Apex, you can go to Vision, and you can throw them in any class you want to throw them in. But if you don't have a plan for what that training looks like, what are you trying to accomplish? What is it What is it doing? And are they passionate about it? Are they hungry for that information? If they're not hungry for that particular information, you can forget it, right? Because they're going to sit in the back of that class and go, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Keep your, keep your mold device handy, right? That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, learning to learn. I, 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 just, I just bookmarked that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Tra- training to train. Yeah. Absolutely. Training to train. Um, so uh, one of the things that's, that's cool about these days is you can access training just about anywhere, right? So, so you don't necessarily have to sit in a classroom. There's, there's webinars, there's, there's online seminars, there's online training, you name it. And you can pretty much work at your own pace. And, right. and what's, what's cool, too, is, is a lot of it's a la carte. So if you have the, the, the desire, then you can kind of pick and choose what's going to work for you. Right. You know, so... so uh, take take job costing. Uh, an, an experienced advisor probably doesn't need to know how to job cost, but it, but a technician that makes the jump and says, "Yeah, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of twisting a wrench. I'm going to jump right. over into the under the service drive." Um, they may not have any idea about parts and sublet markups and such, so right. they, they they can go and they can grab a class on that and learn that piece. Right, right, exactly. And and you know, so I, I think that that we have a series of challenges coming up. That, that I don't think anybody really prepared for. Now, that being said, everybody's been talking about it for years, right? I mean, it has been an ongoing conversation for many, many years. Advanced driver awareness systems, EV, hybrid. Now, I'm going to tell you boys what. I sat in that session yesterday, and I said, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we did two podcasts, and me and David are sitting here, and David's looking over at me like, you're hearing this, Right. Like there, there's no, there is no switching everything to dynamic calibration. That's not going to happen. Like we're we're both hearing the same thing. Somebody right? was trying to sell their ADOS system on uh, on the ASOC group. Really? And they said that yeah, yeah. They had purchased it early last year, and they were trying to dump it. They weren't making any money on it. They weren't using it. They almost it's like, and I, you see that, and you're like, well, I'm not going to spend the money on that. Right. There are these people trying to get rid of it. You can't make money on it, and then you talk to these guys. Ooh. You talk to these guys, and they're like, "You're like, oh crap, <laughs> no, <right>? like there's <laughs> no way, around there's no it. way around it, right? So screwed." And 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 you know, uh, so the the what brought that thought process up? There's a comment over here about um about unions 
And and oh. uh, when he was talking yesterday and said that the UAW said like, whoa, we yeah. don't like what's happening. <laughs> like you yeah. need to back up here. Thirty percent uh, of our dues gone. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And and so I think there is getting ready to be a, a pivotal shift across the board. I mean, what what were the, David? I know you were over there taking screenshots. What were the numbers like? Twenty thirty. That that yeah. many countries are going to all yeah, always twenty twenty five and yeah a lot of them are twenty thirty and GM says they're going to go all G, all EV by twenty thirty five and you wonder how much of that is just um, pandering you know it's like oh look at us we're going to go to full EV but you know who can predict the future ten years from now all of a sudden they're like hey uh, we can't go all EV that's not feasible well people I, need to be able to drive across the country in our vehicles. For, we can't just sell to metro areas. And, and see, I wonder about that. But I also look at that and I say, hold up. They're saying they're banning them, right? Yes. They're, they're not saying, yeah. they're yeah. Not saying yeah. that we're going to do this, that, or the other. We might do this. They're saying, listen. The stupidest part is that these, are, these countries don't pollute. They're the least polluting countries Thank you. Thank you. in the world. Yes. But they're the ones banning yeah. internal combustion engines. The countries that are actually polluting. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. dumping that oil right into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Or right into the ocean. Yeah. That that right that whole ocean, that whole conversation yeah. makes me want to just stand up and jump up and down. I mean, it's yeah. like you know, it's we're, we're a first world country. How much are we really contributing? Yeah, we have a lot of cars. We do, but there are other countries that are exploding. I mean, right. you know, the middle yeah, class no, is, absolutely. is blowing up, and they don't care about emissions. Right. Yeah. And and then we're gonna be we're gonna be saddled with all these electrics. And 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 hybrids and such hydrogen. You know, it's such and, an and, expansive country, and you know. It's a it's a ten hour drive from Kansas City to the edge of Colorado, and there ain't nothing out there, right? Windmills and cows. Maybe you might see a cow. <laughs> like, where are you stopping? Right. So you're not taking you're not taking off in an EV. You're renting a car. That's what you have to do, right? Yeah, and that and that technology, by the way, if you're not if you're not trained, you know the the, the days of a, a, a of a of a guy walking into the shop with a with a small Stanley toolbox and a claw hammer yeah. and a screwdriver working on those cars is probably done. Natural selection will take care of that, you know, because I mean it's like <laughs> it, it, these, these cars are not wrench friendly, you know, they will, they can kill you. So. Exactly. Well, and and I mean I think that listen that that takes our profession to a whole new level it does right and there's some comments over here talking about that you know if you have a uh electronics as your major background if you have this that or the other yeah i mean but the problem is is we've still got a lot of technicians who are you know and and we talked about this uh yesterday a little bit that that there's a local uh gm master tech 65 years old right worked four weeks or four months to find him couldn't find anybody else this is the only option. I can't retire with what they're paying me. There's no way. Are you crazy? But not interested in the new technology. Now, the shop's still servicing this stuff, and they say, oh, yeah, we're hybrid certified. Don't care. Don't care about the safety aspect. Don't care about the quality aspect. Just, man, eh, whatever. Slam it out, right? And and so, you know, we, we hear some of the things that they were talking about yesterday, and I, I don't think it <laughs> – wow. <laughs> Trades at work. Trades at work, guys. So I think that when we look at at, at uh, changing technology, I don't think it ends us. I don't think it. David, <laughs> this look. I don't care about the jacket. We'll be fine. Uh, you know, I, don't, I can't edit that out. I can't run a noise gate on that. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, hang on. We'll be quiet for a minute, so you can. Get no, it it'll be the rest of the day. 
As soon as you're going to make a good, it's like, I got this killer point. My butt, oh. Oh. Jackhammer. <laughs> well, listen to it. Look, look, if we're quiet, you can hear it. You can at least minimize it then, right? No. I mean, you're just, I'll just preface it. Yeah. Halfway through. Jackhammer. Jackhammer. Jack <laughs> Trades at work. Trades hey, at work. Hey, you know you got to get Let the magic happen. Yeah. Let the magic happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you know, the, the, the whole EV thing, um, and I think some of the, the, the chat that happened yesterday talked about uh, the aerospace application, right? So, so yeah. you, got, you have an electric power plant or powertrain, I should say, an electric powertrain um, in, a, in a, uh, an aerial taxi, right? A uh, drone. Right. And um, VTOL. The, yeah, VTOL. Thank you. Right. And, then, and then you've got ADAS on that. And then on, right. on big trucks, you have, you have these, these electric powertrains and ADAS on those as well. When you tie that together, that's actually good news for us. Right. You know, it's like, how can that be good news? You know, it's like, it, well, hey, look, there, there are people that come out of high school that actually right. like aerospace. Well, they may get out there and say, eh, fixing aircraft really isn't for me. But now they have a transferable skill set where they can yeah. go over and they can work in your shop. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so all that stuff's right. portable, which is kind of cool. So I think it opens up another avenue for the industry that we probably should explore. Yeah. Um, certainly not leave it alone. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and I think that, that we know changes are coming. Maybe we don't know exactly what they look like, but we need to prepare for them. Right. And and I think the thing is, there's so many shop owners, especially independent shop owners. I'm guilty of this myself. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch and see what happens. But the reality of it is, is we end up behind the bell curve, you know, and we've talked about, you know, the shop in my town that wants to sell out. And, and, you know, all he's got is property and the tools and this and that. And it's like, it's not really worth anything, right? The property's worth money, but it's not worth anything as a shop. But that was his retirement strategy, right? That was what he planned to retire on. All he's got is the property. All he's got is the building. All he's got is tools that are pennies on the dollar. Whereas if we can prepare for the next generation, you know, you, you go into a shop that's prepared for EV. You go into a shop that's a, a prepared for advanced driver awareness systems. It's a whole different ballgame, right? And, and I think when you go into those shops, you see that they have a P&L that works, right? Because you don't afford those things unless you're managing the business, right? you got to manage the business. you got to be able to put the dollars where they belong, and you got to be able to pay for those things. And you got to be able to charge for those things and show your value. So it is a full package, right? You have to have trained leadership. have to have trained technicians. You have to have trained sales staff, right? Because if you don't have all of those things – you can forget it. Yeah, different right. different language too, right? Different yeah. language. Um, on that note too, even even if even if a hundred percent EV doesn't happen by twenty thirty five, right? We're right. How many years? Fourteen years out, right? Yeah. Fourteen years out. The OEs are going to try, right? They're 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 going to push they're going to push that curve up as 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 far as they need to. And and one thing to consider is the product plans. You, you know, as an OE, you don't just build a car. It's not like, hey, let's. Have, this is a great idea. Let's just let's just put this car in production. Right. That starts like five years beforehand, right? So you got a five year right. plan. So so you're going to see an increase in electrics. You're going to yeah. see an increase in hybrids. So even if we're not at 100 percent by 2035, there is going to be a ton of EV right. on the road. Yeah. And they're going to go out of warranty. You yep. know, they're, they're going to have to be repaired at some point. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. Get, get ready. Maybe, yeah. maybe you don't have to get all the stuff right now, but get ready because it's coming. Right. right. And, and begin to invest in training, mm -hmm. right? Don't yep. wait until it's too late. Don't worry. You know, and, and the, the thing that always gets said, and I think it's Jim Morton who always says it, you know, what if I train them and, and they leave? And Jim says, what if I train them and they stay? <laughs> you know? Right. I'll train them, yeah.
we we got to train them. We got to get them prepared for it, and we have to be prepared in the shop. David, are you prepared? Sure, we'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> what can you do? No, I'm just asking. What what have you done so far? What? I'm gonna buy some gloves. I'm gonna buy some lineman gloves. There, there you go. We are now hybrid ready. Some gloves. <laughs> gloves, and don't don't forget the protective mat on the ground. That's a protective yeah. mat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The insulated mat. GM sells a kit. It's got a part number to to work on their EVs. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think it's important. It's like a thousand dollars too. It's gloves and like you're saying a mat. Yeah, mat. You have to replace Goggles. the gloves every so often or something. Flash shield. You test them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you actually pressure test them. Yeah, you pressure test them, and then if if they're uh, if, if you find a, a pin leak, then you, you you pitch them and you get a new set. But um, they're actually places that certify them. Really? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, pretty cool. Certified gloves. That's pretty um, awesome. and, and, and That's a business be, to get into. Be cautious. Yeah, be cautious. You know, I uh, haven't, haven't worked around EVs. Um, I've heard some horror stories. Luckily, lucky, no, no, no deaths or maimings, but some horror stories about shorting a pack internally. And, you know, electrons find a path to ground, right? right. And air, air is a great insulator, but when you have a lot of electrical pressure— Huh? Like 360 volts and a lot of amps. Um, sometimes they find it finds it through the roof. I mean, literally, there, there's a this this one kid that, right. uh, that that shorted a bus bar and it he was wearing all the safety equipment. Thank God. Right. And a lightning bolt shot from in, into the, the the roof of the store and actually Holy blew a hole God. in the uh, in the roof. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, um, I, I've always uh, uh, gone back to a story that was told about a local um, uh, pulp mill in our state and and long story short there was a a gentleman who worked there and he got complacent at the end of the day and it was i think it's a georgia pacific plant he got complacent and he said look all i care about i got to get the plant back online we don't really need that grinder pump right now but i'm going to go and and test it and find out what's wrong that way they can order the parts before i go home now they had a mechanical room but the deal was is you weren't to go in the mechanical room without somebody else had to have had to have a partner with you walked into the room said it'll be all right i've done this a million times cool whatever it's fine goes into the room pulls the the uh lock bar down in other words turns off the breaker pulls the lock bar down opens the can flips the lock bar back up sticks his voltmeter to either side to see if it was the breaker if it was the motor and when he did it arc flashed didn't realize he was in the wrong can and it was a massive source not a you know and shut off the whole plant and 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 it you know obviously he did not survive but complacency man you know we always say complacency kills yeah when dealing with something like that you can be as good as you want to be but the problem is you you get complacent it gets dangerous quick Mm -hmm. you know for sure yep uh, somebody says, "Don't wear a metal belt buckle while rebuilding a battery pack." <laughs> yeah, should wear a metal belt buckle anyway. You scratch cars, right? Yeah, yeah especially when you get big like me. <laughs> <laughs> when you get big, you start leaning on things a whole lot more. <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. <laughs> so, Chuck, where are we going in the next ten years? What? What? I mean, what is it that, from your perspective? We have, and we to. need specific like stock picks and things yes. like that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. right. you could just let us know. <laughs> what what do we need to be thinking about? What's the next few years look like? What are the changes going to be that we need to be prepared for from your perspective? So I I, I 
I have my opinions and, and I wanted to get some other way. And so uh, when John finished his, uh, I actually, I, I, I went and I asked him kind of the same question. I said, where, where, where are we headed in the next 10 years? What do you think? What's, what's the most important for our industry? Guess what he said? Training. Yeah, he said training is is of the utmost importance. Were they saying that like ten years ago? Do you think, uh, yeah, or like yeah, you know, like I'm thinking like two thousand seven, yeah. two thousand eight. Yeah, there's a perspective. Uh, there's a there's a coaching uh, coaching group. The the guy was um, was doing a, a panel, and the the panel was about technician shortage because it's a constant <laughs> issue, right? And you know, he 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 said everybody's worried about the technician shortage. Eventually. The economy is going to turn. These dealerships are going to have to start laying people off, and the market will get flooded with technicians that are going to get laid off from these dealerships. And I, I can understand that. I've got dealerships around me that have 26, 27, 30 bays. I mean, they're huge facilities, and they're just packing people in there as fast as they can find them. Warm bodies. Yeah, I th- I, and that's that's probably a great way to put it warm bodies so if you're looking for a qualified technician are you going to always get that from a dealership yeah who knows oh yeah right? yeah by the way it's john McElroy. i, I couldn't remember his last name but right. yeah john McElroy. Oh, he, man you know david's over here sending me messages all the way through that like wow holy cow yeah, he was man. good yeah he was really yeah, good it was amazing and knew his content right and and you know i, I think that the fact that that he's speaking to a group of tool manufacturers Speaking to a group that of manufacturers and 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 the very top of the industry, I think that really says something to our industry as a whole. But it says something to the shop owners. You better listen, right? Because it, it, you know we we've said for years, and I I remember having a conversation two weeks ago with one of my techs, and he said, you know, I don't really think we're going all EV. I don't think they'll do away with an internal combustion engine. I think we're okay. I got another ten years. I got another this. I got another that. I don't think we have time to sit and wait to prepare now. I think we're getting to the point, especially when it comes to EVs and advanced driver awareness, we need to be preparing right now because that is the, that, that's the, the tide, if you will. If we prepare, that sets us apart from the other shop down the road. And what do you think is going to happen with the, the undercar guys, the guys that just do, or that's what they specialize, brakes? Lube oil filter, theory. that yeah. sort of thing. Well, not even that. It, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about the loop shops, but I'm talking about like the guys that just do brakes, suspension, exhaust. You know, the shops that have exhaust hanging from all the ceilings. All of a sudden, hey, that car got banned. Yeah, be, be, be the Amazon, be the Netflix, right? Get 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 ready to pivot. Um, there, there's always going to be tires, right? Well, I, I shouldn't say that. We have tires for the foreseeable future, as, as do we have brake pads, right? I mean, right. And, and, and EVs and hybrids. Yeah, well, what the guy was saying, I they, mean, these brake pads are going to last a ton longer. All of a sudden, you can't make a living just swapping brake pads no, out. No, no. Yeah. You, you still have, have brake issues. Like, you, what happens is the pads actually, uh, in, in high salt states, will seize. Right. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, so right. it's like, I need brakes. Help me. That's uh, it. So, so uh, that, that's a thing. But, but these shops then aren't equipped to... To service the braking system, they yes. don't have the scan tools to put them in the service mode. What's going to happen to them? I, you know, as that's a very you're, you're saying be the Amazon, but these guys are the blockbuster, and right? They're, they're watching Netflix all of a sudden mailing out DVDs, and they're yeah. going, ah, yeah, that'll be fine. Don't worry about that. Right. What's right. the internet? Um, so, so <laughs> it, the, those those shops, those techs. 
you know, educate yourself. And I don't necessarily mean training, but just, just keep, keep trends in mind. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't be blind to what's going on around you. Uh, walking through life with, with blinders on can be bliss, but, but sometimes you get hit by a train when you don't watch where you're walking. Um, so you got to invest in tools, right? You, you have to, you have to keep up with the tech because it's, it's, the technology is not getting any easier, right? It's not getting right. easier. Cars are not getting any easier to fix. Nothing is. Nothing is. Right. Um, even, even though we're kind of a replace, not a rebuild culture these days, you still, I mean, you can't just slap a battery pack in a car. You can't, you can't just slap a module into a battery pack. You have to balance. I mean, there, there's a huge amount of tools that are required just, just to get that stuff done. ADAS. Oh my gosh. You know, the, right. the, Dynamic calibration is lovely unless you live in Brooklyn, by the way. Um, you know, it's like so, sometimes you can't, you can't drive the car to make that happen. So that there's right. always probably going to have to be a backup method, which will require targets, which will require tools and so right. on. So, um, you, you just got to keep up. You got to keep up. I, I know these, these, these tool manufacturers are, they're working hard. I mean, they're working with yeah. the OEs. They're, they're, they're building this stuff at probably a record pace. I mean, there's more gizmos and gadgets out there than probably ever. Right. So I wonder why these coaching companies aren't aren't making that a focus of what they do the the pivoting because these coaching companies will take on you know rick's muffler and tire shop and all they've they've got you know all the pipes just lined up around their shop and that's just the way they've been doing business for the last you know however many years and but all of a sudden hey the internal combustion engine is going to be illegal in a lot of countries and these are global companies so even if they're illegal they're not illegal here in the United States, right? Let's just suppose. And, but they're still illegal in Norway and most of Europe and this, that, and the other. And GM's like, well, I'm not going to make, you know, I'm going to make one vehicle. Look at Buick. They build Buick for the Chinese market. They're not, they just happen to sell them everywhere else. But that vehicle's built, designed, and marketed to the Chinese market. They sell extremely well there. They're made there, mostly components or whatever. Then they ship them over to the rest of the, the country, the, the, the world. And if you buy, great. But we're selling a ton of them in China. So they're not going to necessarily, it doesn't make sense for them to design and create this whole line of EV cars and then not make them the majority of what they sell in, in the U.S. And so... But you, you just don't see coaching companies pushing that. And, I mean, what is, is AMI going to be, like, maybe creating a course? Or are you guys already doing that, saying, let's, let's show you how to pivot, how to not end up like Blockbuster, how to not end up like uh, Books a Million, and what's the other one, Borders? Borders still, is Borders still around? Barnes & Noble. They're Barnes & Noble still they're around. around. Yeah, they're, they're still around. They're, they're like the last one, though. Yeah, I think Borders... What's that? Who? Walden Books. Yeah, yeah. Like, there there were a bunch of bookstores that closed because of Amazon, right? But the they saw that they saw it coming, and now it's just a joke. It's like oh, you end up like Blockbuster, but these shops are the Blockbuster. Like, hey, you're walking into your shop and you see the exhaust pipes. You should probably take a moment to think about what this yeah. is going to look like, because not only you're saying that these guys are just waiting for somebody to walk in and sell the business, nobody's buying that business. No. No, nobody. If you don't own the sure. land, and uh, and I'm sorry if you don't see high rise, high rise, or you know, if you don't see the area getting gentrified, and you you know it's maybe uh, an industrial park or a depressed area, the the land's worth nothing. Yeah, and so waiting it out is not an option. But, uh, you don't see these coaching companies telling 
getting these shops are like, oh, we're going to make you profitable, you know, switch everybody to flat rate and start yeah. pumping out coupons and we're going to make you a ton of money, this, that, and the other, rather than, hey, let's get you ready for the next, it's not five years, dude. It's like, it's now. Yeah. And we, we it need was to, five years, but it was five, it was years, five years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. And we need to start showing you how you can start getting rid of this inventory, scrapping what you can, get your people trained. Let's start talking to customers differently about the services. Let's completely switch what you offer. It's not brakes and suspension and exhaust anymore. Now it's higher tech stuff. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah, like, start start reinventing yourself. A- A- AMI, what we do is is we actually help a lot of people push their content, right? So so we're we, we do a lot of hosting, a lot of pastor okay, type hosting. Sure. Um, and we actually are I won't name drop, but we're actually partnered with a with a big coaching company and um, like our shop foreman suite will be part of that. So uh, it's a conversation that I can have uh, with uh, with them because it's actually a great idea. I mean, really it is. They're doing a disservice to their yeah. shops there. You, it's like, it's great. You're profitable now. Yeah. yeah. Great. Now the business is obsolete. Yeah. you got to be Congratulations. And it, because you guys, you guys know owning a shop. Sometimes when you want to make a big, a big change, it's not like you're, 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 steering a Corvette, you're steering a battleship, right? right. Yeah. You, you make right. the turn and then you have to kind of wait. And then eventually, yeah. eventually that change exactly. is going to happen. You get the buy-in and, 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 everything else go along with it. So yeah, that, that's a good conversation to have. So see, look at that. Boom. Yep. Making yep. ideas. I love that's it. That's it. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So, um, you know, some of the, some of the comments over here and I'm looking uh, at the comments. you never read the comments. That's the rule. Yeah. That no, guy Chuck no, is an I, idiot. I, <laughs> no, I, well, yeah, these comments get nasty. I, You're not supposed to read the YouTube comments. No, I, I, there's something in here that, that I want to mention right now before we forget it, um, is he says, smart techs learn how to bypass and substitute the scanners and software. That's the future. Remember what? Uh, so we were in a conversation last night at dinner with Frank, and Frank said, hmm, they're about to fix that. And I said, what? He said, they're getting ready to come up with something you can't get around. And he said, I, I promise you it's coming. And well, I, what, what does that even mean? Uh, basically, he, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go telling secrets he didn't want told, but um, basically, long story short, there. Did I miss that conversation? Listen, was the, it last night at Fogo? Yeah, like yeah, I was it? shaving meat off. You were in I was distracted. The guy was shaving meat in front of me. But you know, he he said something really interesting. He said, um, he said, you know, you look at at the the Chrysler um, Gateway. And he said, everybody said, oh, my gosh, that's just this, that, and the other. And he said, oh, he said, if you think that's bad, what you're getting ready to see come up, he said, you know, look, they're going to follow right to repair. They're going to do what they're supposed to do, but this is going to be a challenge. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, "There," he said, there's technology out there that you can't bypass. And he said, oh, yeah, I know everybody's going to say, like, oh, they'll, we'll think up something. We'll come up with a way. He said, there'll be a lag. I think he's, I think oh. they're, I think that guy's right. Yeah, of there'll course. be a, there'll be a workaround. There's always a workaround, but it might be five years before they yeah, find the workaround. That, that, I think that yeah. was his point. Yeah, I know that that at least one OE has come up with a, a a gateway, if you will, a separate gateway that actually requires a passcode to even get into. Yeah. Uh, so and I, I'm sure it's more than one. So so you can't access like you know body control mon- module functions or maybe maybe right. it's configuration. Who knows? But you actually have to have a, a code. To get exactly. In. So, right, right to repair. I mean, 
should take care of that, but you know, sometimes that stuff isn't quite up to date. Right. Some yeah. of that has to come from the consumer too. Like it does. They buy have that push. car. Yeah. Nobody can fix it, but that one dealership you hate. Yeah. Sorry. Like, don't buy that junky car anymore. Go buy something that people can actually work on. Oh, we talked about uh, Mercedes. The last time I was at ETI Tool Tech, we talked about uh, Sprinters and talked about, uh, you know, I've got a client who had an experience where, you know, the, the closest Mercedes dealer is a $450 tow bill one direction. Ugh. And and you're talking about a medium-duty vehicle. And then they want 1000 bucks because the guys keep running out of death fluid. And then they want to diag it, and then it's another thousand bucks. And the next thing you yeah, know, because you ran it out of death fluid, that's a five thousand dollar bill. And then somebody's got to take a day off work. And I'm talking to the guy, and I said, "Man, that's really tough." He said, "Listen," he said, "I don't care about the five thousand dollar bill. Doesn't bother me for a second. He said that vehicle's worth thirty five thousand dollars a week. And he said each time it takes a week. And he said when two of them go down at once." He said, you can oh, imagine. It's money. Oh, yeah. It's not. He's <laughs> like, it's just adding up. And he said, I can't. You know, now he's talking about $35,000 a week as an HVAC company. And I'm thinking, my God, what, yeah, you what know, am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, but. All right. This was yeah. good. Yeah. That was awesome. Great, great, to, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's awesome to be here at, at, at ETI Tech Absolutely. Week. Tech Week. AMI was one of the very first things I signed up for when I became a shop owner. Because I did go, just like Lucas was saying, I went to a class. It was just one of those, like, at-night classes. And they had you fill out the form. And I'm like, huh. And so I went, yeah, I went on there. And I'm like, I can can do this, that, and the other. And I started taking a bunch of classes. You know, but like he's saying, you get tired. And you're like, man, I'm just not. I don't want to do this now. I don't want to learn. Well, you try to do it in the middle of the day. And and phone's ringing and text's coming in. And I don't know. You just got to make it a priority at the end of the day. You got to keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. You got to grow. You got How do they find AMI? Um, that's actually a really, really great question. So, so the easiest way probably is just head to the website and it's, uh, amionline.org. Okay. And then that links to our learning management system. Um, again, I, I don't want to go too deep into a sales plug because we've had a kind of a different conversation. But, no, hey, go <laughs> but, for it. Go but, for it. um, uh, you, you hop on there. It's, it's a free sign up. Uh, you get into the learning management system and, and the training's all a la carte. So it's not like you're, you know, you have to subscribe to a $5,000 a month service or anything. You just, right. you, you pick and choose the stuff you want. We've got some suggested, uh, course flow, if you will, to make like, uh, accredited automotive manager or, or, or whatnot. But, um, I think that the beauty of it really is it's, it's no pressure, right? So if you, if you go with a big coaching company or something like that, where they're, where they're training you, you're, you're focused, right? You're part right. of a training you. And it's like, you're going to show up and you are going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, and you're working with flip charts and you right. might be working a little out of your comfort zone. So if you're yeah. a newbie and you're new to a particular position or whatever, then you can, you can take this stuff at your own pace and right. it's, it's no pressure, uh, which is nice. Very cool. And, uh, we're, we're here to support the industry. That's the, that's the beauty of it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. We have a few more eye-opening conversations from ETI that I think you'll enjoy. So if you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to asog.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, get you several perks, and is tax-deductible. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you never miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me. My email address is david at asog.site. 
That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy to use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to getshopware.com and see what I mean today. That's getshopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.